Everyone, welcome to Ending the Drought, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 12. Here are your hosts, Jake Cranston and Jeff Webster. Jacob. Hey, Jeff. How do, bud? Uh, Could have been better, you know. Yeah. Could have came out with a win yesterday, but it's uh, one loss that you got to chalk up for for the season, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 But we're talking about going through the schedule, and I know both of us were saying, well... Who are we going to lose to next here? I mean, right. where you're looking, and I jumped ahead of of Tennessee, and I I got to I think like Saints, maybe, the Saints or somebody or where I, Tampa I thought, Bay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I was same plan before the season started. I figured we would lose one between Kansas City and Tennessee, but that changed because we we're blowing people out, and um, I think it's easy to forget that even though Tennessee lost to the Jets, that they are still a professional football team and they have talent and uh, and they have Derrick Henry. So, yeah, I think it was easy to kind of look past them. And I'm not saying the team did that, but I, I definitely did. Yeah, yeah I, I was chalking it up as a win. But, you know, they're going to have other games against similar teams that may look like they're down or not great. Um, some teams that come to mind, maybe like the Colts, Saints, some teams that are struggling now. Maybe by the time we get there, they're not, you know. So, yeah, Bills are going to stay on it, you know. I mean, it wasn't like we got blown out. Um, we were in it the entire time, seven seven score changes or lead changes. So, yeah, yeah one bad play, one, one misstep. And uh, that's what happens. It's a professional football. So what are you going to do? Yeah, it was a really close game. I don't think it means that we're going to have a two-to-one ratio forever. I mean, no. I, I no. think that it was good to get it out of the way before the bye. Now they've got time to get their heads straight, figure out some strategies, and hopefully it'll be just like it was last year. It'll be a big improvement after the bye. Well, speaking of that, they were 4-2 and two last year after six games. So Right. Yeah. No, it's it, it was definitely a, a struggle defensively for sure this, this week. Which, which is weird because our defense obviously came into this game as the number one ranked defense. Yep. Uh, turnover ratio. Um, I mean, it's it was a little weird. It was also weird, and I've been reading a, a lot of other takes, too, about scratching Epinesa for this game and Boogie Basham. Right, right. Which I, I, I get the logic of maybe not having an edge rusher to beef up, have your, your – Defensive tackles beefed up more like Harrison Phillips and Star Tule to kind of plug up the middle. But again, when I was reading you that uh, that stat, he's not he's not like a you know off guard runner completely. He's an no. off, he's he's a lot of off tackle runs yes. too. So yeah. But the thing is, is we going into this game too. Tannehill was the highest sack quarterback in the league, right? Well, twenty sacks in the first four games, or yeah. five games. So. To take Epinesa out of the equation where he's a guy that can get upfield and and cause the, the pocket to collapse and, you know, make issues, I just thought was kind of an odd move because we couldn't get to him at all this game. That was right. That was one of our a glaring weakness. Bad defenses. Yeah. I, Do you think they just made the call to focus entirely on Derrick Henry because they were a little bit weak at the you know wide receiver position? It this seemed time? like that because if they if they didn't, then. They would have they would have kept the, the same type of philosophy in a way uh, as they did against KC. I know they had a they have to. That's stop what Derek I was Henry. expecting them to do was to focus the same way that they did for that game. I, I don't know. Well, it, it's easy to sit here and complain about it, but yeah, I it have, is what it is. 
-hmm. I have issues. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Kansas City last year when they decided to let Kansas City run the ball. It's kind of the opposite. They decided to let Kansas City maybe have the ground game, um, take away Patrick Mahomes so that you didn't give up the big play. And like you're saying, the strategy maybe was put a little more meat on the defensive line and um, and maybe don't give up the big play in the run game, force them into a, a one-dimensional offense. We talked about it. If you could force them to become a passing offense by maybe an early lead, getting up a couple of scores, um, then you get to take Derrick Henry out of it. But we ended up similarly where we have in other games, uh, kicking a couple of field goals instead of scoring touchdowns. I mean, if we score touchdowns, um, you're talking another eight points early in the game, um, you know, because we did get field goals, so we got six, but we could have had 14. So you had another eight points to that, and now they got to start thinking, maybe throw the ball a little more, you know, and I think that might have been the plan, but it always seems to be kind of like a hindrance when we try to change who we are to be uh, target specific. You know, Basham and Epinesa were playing well enough that they were regular starters. Whether that would have changed the game dramatically, we can't tell because we don't get to go back and play it one more time with them in there. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I don't know. I, it does coaches learn uh, every game just like players learn every game. Uh, Manuel Sanders, I'm sure, tells you he learns new stuff every day. So they'll they'll take this information, process it, and hopefully be a better team for it. Yeah, the problem was too, very well was, said. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the problem on on my end too that I I noticed during obviously the game is we we were never able to get up ahead of them enough to take away the, the right. run. So they 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 were never we never pulled away enough for them to abandon the run game and try to throw on us, yep. which which uh, essentially hurt us because. You know, it, I agree. It's just they, they just kept pounding the, the run on us. And and let's well, face you it, man. played the game at a, a different level than I did. So, you know, what kind of punishment your defense takes when you've got a guy like Derrick Henry. Yeah, it's, just hammering play after play after play. And you're picking yourself up and getting back to the line. And yeah, it tires you, know, you out. You oh, know. yeah. It, yeah. You could see our defense. Uh, they talked about the last six series. We had nothing for them. Yeah. You know. We were we were beat up. Yeah, we it tires hurt. out. Yeah, and and it, we we had uh, like one only one or two tackles for loss that game. I mean, I think Star had yeah, one. I think it totaled us three for everybody. Yeah, so no it, sacks. Yeah, the, the and the no sack thing was was tough because um, we didn't really pressure them like I thought we would, especially on, on third down. We we caught them a couple times, or actually a decent amount on like third and six, third and eight, uh, third and eleven a few times, and I. I I noticed we blitzed Milano a little bit. Uh, Trey Edmonds blitzed a little bit, but we didn't bring the pressure. Our defensive line just didn't uh, get to him. Jerry Hughes uh, in the first half actually was beating his guy and getting towards the quarterback, but we just we couldn't do enough to you know stop AJ Brown from getting separation. And he was killing us in the middle of the field. Oh yeah, killing yeah. us that crossing route. You just. You can't stay with a guy. You, you you have to have a couple of guys. You can't just one guy. Man to man is is tough. And he, I get he's the, big. Yeah, what is he two and a quarter, like six four? He's a big, he's a big dude, guy. man. Yeah, he's a big guy. But I get I get why they they do that zone. Um, 
you know, the, the yeah. man's own matchup. Yeah, for not, sure. But it was after, uh, especially that one series where they went, with Tannehill went like nine for nine and then right. like for 100 yards. In the, I think that was in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And they scored on us. But it, I was just like, I was yelling at the TV. I'm like, go to man. Right. Go, just go to man. Press these guys. Go to man. Yeah, hit Tannehill. him at the line. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, I... He, he was just killing disrupt us. Disrupt the that. routes when they yeah. did. Dis, you know when they were able to dis, disrupt the routes, uh, force him past or in front. Uh, you know away from his original uh, route. Yeah, they were successful. But even but like a run blitz. You know, I've like I've seen them and other teams um, when they do have somebody like a Derrick Henry or whatever, they'll mix in a run blitz on an early down or whatever, and there's your tackle for a loss. You know, like you said, we did have a couple of those, but not enough to really throw them off the game. Their game plan never had to be adjusted for us. It never did, no. But we, yeah, I mean, I think we're constantly trying to find the right combination. You know, it seemed like the best we could do was hold them to three, and at that point, right. you know, they pretty much were almost there anyway. Yeah, 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 and it's it was tough because we just we couldn't stop them, like you said, Jay. And when we got the ball, they stopped us. They had a, a couple three and outs on us. They they got to Josh three times. They hit him eight times. Uh, so our off not only did our defensive line have a hard time showing yeah, up in this I, game, our offensive line had a had a tough time. Mitch Morris mi- missed a, a, a complete uh, block that got Josh sacked. Um, yep. Spencer Brown had his roughest game as a rook so far. I agree, and you got to expect that he's a rookie, right? And so even on the opposite happen, side, like you're saying Russo has contained on one side. He runs up the field. There's nobody there. Mm-hmm. Nobody there. Derek Henry has ten yards to run through. You know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's a rookie mistake. I get it. You know, but um, yeah, it's just it, both sides of the ball. Just like you said, we talk about it all the time. It all starts and ends in the trenches. And and if you're losing uh, there, it's really hard to succeed. And and kudos to the offense for scoring as many points as they did because literally we were. What is it? Six inches away from winning a football game, you know. We were, yeah. And with all that being said, so and, and our it's hard. offense wasn't wasn't bad. Sorry, Jay. I was just oh, going to yeah. say our offense wasn't bad as far as um, moving the ball, and, right? And and that's what I was going to say too. Yeah, it's just like Josh had three hundred fifty three yards, three touchdowns. We had three receivers over almost what we have. Uh, Mando Sanders ninety one, Diggs over eighty nine. Beasley 88. Yeah. So, I mean, these guys all played well. It's just our offensive line was suspect. We, again, didn't have any sort of run game. And I think we all know that the run game isn't going to be a big factor. But if we could have a little bit better of a run game, I mean, Singletary had 27 yards on five carries, Moss 24 on eight carries. I mean, yeah. You know, it's so. I mean, and it's weird because you see Singletary, we're going, hey, that's 5.7 yards a carry. That's good. But um, a lot of that came on a couple of plays. There were times he couldn't get past, you know, the original line of scrimmage, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Yards per carry doesn't matter a lot if you don't run the ball. Yeah. Well, and again, not a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just a, um, the offensive line, the defensive line, they just struggled mightily. And I'm sure the coaches are questioning their own decisions just like everybody else is. Um, something just occurred to me, too, which I find strange. And maybe, maybe we'll never know why, but did you notice Tyler Bass had that two-step kickoff? Oh, yeah. So every ball was landing near the goal line, forcing them to run, return it. 
I was think, there a deal? Was it? I think. I think that they they thought that Vrabel was going to do what he did with that throwback. You think so, that's why they were doing it? I think so. Because why wouldn't you just kick it out of the end zone as often as you could and just avoid that? Well, because um, I'm I mean, just my opinion. I when I was watching that and, and my buddies were saying the same thing. Why don't we just kick in the end zone? I think number one, they saw um, something with with how they return in their in in their cover or not not their cover but the way they set up their blocking scheme against how we attack you know right right and i think the other thing was i think they thought Vrabel was going to try something tricky again which i mean let's face it our special teams the last 3 weeks have been good i mean we caused right. we caused that turnover in KC yeah um, so i think they wanted to not just touch back the ball continuously i think they wanted to maybe make some plays on that field hopefully cause a turnover or something right. and they they never got a really any big run backs on they us. got one and that's what one made me think one, yeah. of it yeah they had one decent run back and um i mean he didn't get sprung i think it was around midfield he was stopped but all i was thinking about is man you're you're really rolling the dice when you're forcing them to return because yeah you can keep them inside the 20 the 18 or 15 or whatever which we did a couple of times. We did uh, win most of those battles, but but man, when he almost broke that, I'm thinking, man, is there is, there, is the be- does the benefit outweigh the risk? The risk of a a kickoff return. If we had been able to keep Isaiah McKenzie's 101 yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown, that's a real game changer because that's a mental and a physical thing, right? Like it's devastating morally for a team when you give up a quick seven points on a kickoff. Um, it's happened enough for and against the Bills, um, at least for me, to really go, oh, holy cow, wow, we were in it, and now we're down another. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's got to be the same thing for the coaches, the players, everybody else. So it's a risky move. And, again, I'm not I'm not risk-opposed. Um, the, the fourth down try uh, where Josh slipped, I was – Still, I would do that 100 times out of 100 times. There was a perfect call. Uh, and not maybe the play call itself. I'm not going to argue that with anybody. I think it was the right thing to do. But, but yeah, when you're going for it to win now instead of maybe win later and over, yeah, bullshit. You're yeah, six I, inches away from a first down. You go for it every I, time. I agree with that going forward at that point. And maybe, maybe the quarterback sneak, uh, I mean, we, we've done it a ton, and he's he's picked them up a lot. The other other thing I was thinking that could have been a good call at that situation, and I actually said it during the game too, um, to just to kind of backtrack real quick. I hate when the Bills are third and short, or you right. know, because we're so much better when we're like third and eight, third, yep. third and seven, <laughs> third, third and ten, right? Because they they're they are made for these deep routes or these intermediate intermediate routes. routes, and they I just I feel so much more comfortable when we're third and short. I'm like, all right, what are they going to do? Like, are they going well? Just, imp- yeah, you know like, what I mean? Yeah, improvised plays, right? Yeah. I mean, they are crazy good at improvised plays because our wide receivers are so smart, they look for the soft spot. And, I mean, it happened probably half a dozen times during that game where the the play gets blown up a little bit, guys are scrambling, and our guys aren't just standing there watching what's happening. They're looking for Beasley's looking for a spot, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, obviously Stephon Diggs. They're looking for an area where they can catch a ball. And that's why I hate and that, that's, that short, short, you know, well, short, man. And I understand that the 
the it seems like a shut up kind of an argument because statistically that was the best choice they could make. But for me, when you just saw them do a trick play with a double fake and a guy with a broken hand throw it into the end zone, I don't really care about the percentage. I care about whether it works. Right. Like I just I want to see our guys doing something a little bit more interesting. Right. You know what I mean? It seems like we're an X factor kind of a team. We're not a technical, you know, statistical team. I think that's going to be great debate for a lot of people probably until the next game. And, uh, yeah, you could obviously say there's other RPOs, things like that you could run, maybe give yourself a better chance. But um, like uh, Jake pointed out, uh, last I heard, I think Josh is successful like 81% of the time on quarterback sneaks. So, you know, like you said, analytically, yes, makes sense. The way the game was played, I understand the coach mentioned that he has an option when he approaches the line that he can he can audible, go to a run, uh, change up the plan. But, you know, eh, it, it is what it is. The thing I was looking at for maybe a play at, at that point was put Josh in the shotgun, spread it out, have four or five wide. So so now you have you have gaps. You have to have yeah, you guys, create holes. Yeah, you got you have to cover these guys. If you're spread out, you know, wide splits on your offensive line and let Josh make a play, whether he's throwing it or running it, because, yep. you know, he, yeah. he he can do either. And I guess I guess that's what I'm trying to say in a more succinct way is putting the ball in Josh's hands is always a great idea. But when the whole plan is lunge forward, it doesn't have to be Josh. Josh isn't special at lunging forward. Anybody who's tall can do that. Josh has talents in other areas, and that's what I want to see them use. I agree because yeah. I, I was say, saying the same thing. And I'm like, maybe we could have just used, utilized that play to pick up that first down in a more creative or or, or just yeah. a, a better way for for Josh to be able to utilize his talents. And I agree. McDermott says I put the ball in Josh's hands ten out of ten times. Oh, same here. Absolutely. Best your but yeah. but maybe, yeah. but maybe. let him be Josh. Exactly. You know? I mean. I've always liked that rollout to the right where you've got Dawson Knox in the end zone. You've got a wide receiver and a crossing pattern coming across the end zone. And you've got somebody covering Dawson Knox that can either cover him, allowing Josh to get to the end zone, or they can try to get to Josh freeing up Dawson Knox. I, I, I love that play. Yeah. And I, I think our success rate on plays like that has to be pretty high, too. Look Josh at is really just good. in this game, how often he rolled out to the right under pressure and just fired a laser beam into someone's hand. Yeah. He's, he's, he's so dangerous doing that. He's he been is. doing it since his rookie year. He's very, very good moving to his right. So I very wouldn't have good. been upset if they had called that either. If they had called that play, whether it worked or not, again, I think it's a high uh, completion percentage play. Um, it gives Josh that flexibility to make a call. On the fly. So, either way. But, yeah, enough said. It, it is what mm-hmm. it is. And and we were that close to being 5-1. and one. And uh, Steve Tasker pointed out it's the same team coming out of the bye, win or lose. Nothing has changed. It's just one, one more loss. And um, we can't be – we have to be uh, more firm in making sure that the games that we are supposed to win, we do win. You know, we can't afford too many more losses. We want to try to win the AFC. And the good news is when we lost to the Cardinals last year on that, that Hail Mary, that was the bye week right after that. And then yep. we went on and, and ran the rest of the – all the way up until we lost in the AFC championship game. So I still believe we have the team that could do that. I'm not saying they will, but we have the dogs that we could 
we could really do that. Well, we got a really weak schedule coming up um, mm-hmm. for our next three games, which I mean doesn't make me excited. It it almost makes me kind of like all right, you know, like we got we got Miami at home, big whoop to do. Then we got uh, you know on the road at Jacksonville. Okay, that's gonna should be uh, an easy win. Yeah. Then we got on the road at the Jets, which right. again is gonna be. I think a, a whomping. And it's kind of scary, isn't it? Like yeah. it's just too easy and you wonder what's going to go fucking wrong. Yeah, either that or it's just like we coast through these games and then we hit like a decent team and then we get kind of shocked or something. You yeah, know yeah I mean? like, we're not prepared. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because it's been so easy. We think we're just that much better than everybody. And that's what, yeah. that's what uh, kind of makes me nervous about having an easy schedule. Like last year we had right. – Pretty much the whole way through, we had a pretty tough schedule. Yeah, even after Arizona, it was San Francisco and Denver was playing well, and you know we had some tough Pittsburgh. Just a, yeah, uh, yeah, just we had some tough, tougher games. Tough schedule sure. last year. This year has been fairly fairly cake for the most part. You know, well, assuming the worst does happen the way you know it could, maybe we end up seven and three. I mean, that's not that bad. You know, we no. want to be better than that, but well, I checked it out. Like um, over the course of the last fifteen Super Bowls. Uh, 75% of the teams had four or more losses that won the Super Bowl. So, you know, it ain't like you're down and out at two losses, man. There's tons of football to be played. And if this makes them more resolute to make sure that each and every play is done to, you know, as close to perfection as possible, then maybe it'll help. Yeah, if you want to use, uh, you know, a comparison and look at Tampa last year, they they kind of just – yeah. Like rolled themselves into the playoffs. They didn't look. <laughs> they didn't look great. You know, right. they looked okay. They struggled. And then, at times, and then yeah. all of a sudden, they got into the playoffs, and they just they were really, really good. They won, <laughs> they they won the up. Super Bowl. So yeah. to me, it's like, and you're right, Jeff. Like the 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 regular season matters, and you want as a fan, you want to see these your team win, and you you want to see them just kind of coast into the playoffs, which isn't always the case. But right. what really matters is when you get into the tournament, man, and and if you can. If you can win, you know your games that you're supposed to win. That's that's the ultimate goal is getting to that AFC Championship game and obviously to the Super Bowl and win yeah. it. So and there were no gimmies in the playoffs last year, man. I mean, they beat all. Baltimore, they beat Colts. Colts they, game was they were good. They were good games. They were good teams. Colts the Colts game was nerve freaking racking. Yes, it was. You know, it wasn't. That wasn't an easy win. No. And, and even Baltimore, until that interception, right? It, there was nothing that had been predetermined. It, it was Not a dogfight. So. And the only thing more nerve-wracking than that game was the following one, like the lead-up to it. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, what's going on? Know, <laughs> yeah, right. But, yeah, it's just – you know, I, I know I'm not nervous after that loss to Tennessee. I know no. you're not. Most fans I'm upset shouldn't by be. the loss. Yeah. You know, I hate to see them lose, but at the same time, it hasn't changed the damn thing as far as I'm concerned. I think they still got a team that could not only make it to the Super Bowl, but win it. And uh, I, I firmly believe that, and that's not going to change. Man. Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's looking back on this game, I can see a lot of very specific things that had the coin flip gone a little bit differently on that play we could have scored points. Right. It's not like we're going into this and going, I don't know what the fuck happened. They're they're just a disaster. It's not like right. that. It's just like Arizona last year, which I think you brought up earlier. It's a disappointing loss, but right. it's one that we shouldn't dwell on. And it's a loss. That's all it is. It was it's just, just a, a loss in the long it run. It was a dogfight, man. Yeah, it years just, from now, it's just it going to be an L. Yeah. In the, in the, you know, the annals of Buffalo Bills history, it's just going to be an L. That's all it is. Yep. Well, there's, you know, some stuff going around, too, where people are like, all right, the trade deadline comes up. Do we need to address the defensive and offensive line a little bit? And I don't think personally that 
our coaching staff is looking to do that. I, I don't think I, so either. And now they always look and say they they look to to upgrade whenever they can, or if they, you know, if they they're always looking for competition and talent. But I don't. I think these guys are riding hard with who they have. I yep. think I think they believe in their guys. I think they agreed. I, I just I just can't see them reaching out and trying to trying to trade anybody right now. Someone said trade up Vanessa. Like why? Like why, why would you would trade you up Vanessa? Like this is a guy that has obviously developed like very well from year one to year two, and you want to trade him for who? You know I mean, what I mean? It's funny like, because I, I, maybe it's just because as fans we're just never going to learn because all off season, right? It was a they're going to trade for a tight end. Yeah, Zach Ertz, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah Zach Ertz, yeah. right? We're going to oh they're going to trade for tight end, and then comes the draft. Oh, they're going running back first round for sure. Yeah, that. It, we have no idea what they're going to do. And if no. they traded for somebody, it would be because they determined that gave them the best opportunity to win more games. You know, and whether they do or whether they don't, we're not going to know. Nobody's going to, you know, we're not going to no. play GM and have it turn out probably most of the time. But, but yeah, I, I agree 100%. And, and Sean McDermott said it. I owe it to my guys to trust that they can get that, that first down. You know, they've earned it. Yeah, they, they've earned that respect. Absolutely. He trusts his guys. He and McDermott and, and being a, in the rest of the coast, the coaching staff is the type of team that they develop their guys. They're not right. just going to bounce guys out like yep. they, they want guys to get better. They they trust their development. They want guys to progress through this and, and get better. Like, yeah, you know, Spencer Brown had a bad game. It's obvious, but yeah, the but thing he's is, a rook, man. he's he's a rook, and they want to develop him, and they want him to get better. He's they, learning more playing than he would ever learn in practice. Yeah, and and unfortunately, occasionally mistakes are going to happen, but shit happens to veterans all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Emmanuel Sanders knows what a hold is, and he would like to have that play back. You know, yeah. I know. So, is, is there anybody on defense that you guys think has been consistently underperforming? I mean, I I feel like in my my eyes, everybody's been pretty pretty consistent. Um, now they they've had a lot of rotation, especially on the defensive line. So you're seeing flashes from guys here and there. Yeah, like, you don't really have a lot of consistency to go off of. Yeah, and Oliver had a, a really game last week. This this week he was just he was there. Like you didn't hear a lot from Ed Oliver. Star Latulale has been fairly consistent uh, for the most part, but I think as a whole, everybody just on the defense has been playing. Extremely pretty, pretty well. good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there hasn't been you like can't a have drop the number one anywhere. defense in the league and go. There's huge holes. They've been doing really well, right? I mean, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't really uh, pick on anybody and no. say that they're, they're, you know, they're a weak link or anything like that. Yeah, if you move to the on either side, line, really, offensive line, I think we, yeah, we've been having some issues. Uh, we have, you know, Feliciano is still being, uh, he's just still inconsistent at the guard position. They had to move you know, Cody Ford off there because he was letting so many pressures through like mm-hmm. the Houston yeah, game. Well, I've been hearing people say getting rid of Cody Ford since week one. <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is it's, it's the coaches know these things, you know what I mean? And, um, and, and I've got to believe that in their estimation, bringing in somebody new at this point in the season is not necessarily going to be an upgrade or else they would do it. I really think that if they thought trading Cody Ford or, or moving somebody to allow a spot for somebody else. If they thought it was going to help the team, they'd do it. They'd absolutely do it. Yeah, you and know? it's not that Cody Ford is a liability. He's just 
a guy that they just don't trust to right. to be a starter right now. They I are mean, who they are, you know. They I feel they, they think that he he's going to be a good, you know, a backup or, you know, a, a guy that rotational piece come in if we need yeah. him, but obviously he was having issues, you know, holding his own, so that's why they they made the switch. And when they made the switch to Spencer Brown to right tackle and they moved Darrell Williams into right guard, I think that was a great move. Sure. You know, but it it's going to take a little time for that to gel now because right. You know, Daryl Williams played right tackle all last year. Yep. Spencer Brown is brand new to this line. So it's it's just that type of stuff takes a little It does give them a couple time. of real big bodies on that right-hand side. And I, I, I keep thinking the Bills will exploit that in the run game at some point, but just not yet. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they will. I don't know. I think it's gonna get better. I think I, do I think the offensive line is 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 much improved um with those guys. Uh again Feliciano is little he's he's hit right. or miss here and there, but overall but that might be who he is. You know what I mean? It it, it seems that and, way. And that and that might be leading up to an upgrade at some point via the draft or or a, a free agency or something like that. But, you know, with limited cap space and, and what you have available uh, there's only so much you can do. So, right, and we have great depth, but not such great depth that we can afford to to move pieces either. You know, I don't think yeah, we've don't seen think so. enough from our ends to to want to move Jerry Hughes or Mario Addison. I I think we need those guys. You know, we're going for a Super Bowl, so we need all hands on deck. Yeah, which you know? <laughs> is the way it is. Absolutely. Let's look over to. Um a couple of our uh, division opponents games that they had this week. So <laughs> did you guys catch the uh, Miami Jaguars game at all? I know no. it was an early London game. So I saw a couple of pieces of it. I had other things going on, and I didn't really catch much of it. But the fact that they lost to uh, Jacksonville, they're on a 20-game losing streak. Not a good look. 20 games in Miami loses to Jacksonville, Yep, 23-20. to 20. That's crazy if you think about how good their defense was last year, how – Everybody was saying the Dolphins actually improved this year. Um, it it's hard to watch them melt down, man. It's tough. Yeah. Ten and six last year. You know they missed the playoffs by just a squidge. So, well, the fact that analysts out there were saying that the Dolphins were going to be the team in our division to to push us for a division title is yeah. is laughable because it is now they just from the very beginning they 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 just didn't look good to me. I mean they beat New England, but after that it's just. You know, we smoked them. They obviously lost to the Jaguars. Yeah. They just, I mean, they just don't look great at all. There's nothing on that team that really is, like, you know, exciting or a guy that's like, okay, like, they have they have a playmaker. I mean, their their best receiver is Mike Gusecki. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that I mean, that's not a, a good look for the Dolphins. And if we're talking about coaches on the hot seat, man. You know, I it's got to be it's got to be an issue. I mean, I, they got to be talking about it and thinking about it at least. I agree. So I'm not I'm not sad to see that. No, don't bother me. Patriots and the the Cowboys, thirty five twenty nine. Yeah, that um, boys won that one. Mm-hmm. It, it was actually I I told you before I don't have a ton of hope for New England this year with a rookie quarterback and the the. The players they have, they're going to be okay, but I, they're just going to be okay. But um, I mean, at two and four, they're probably not as good as what I thought they might be. 
Right. Uh, Mac Jones but, isn't like is he, he I mean he's decent. Yeah, like, he's not horrible. He, he's not looking horrible. It's just he's a rookie, number one. And I mean, again, let's face it, man. The, the Patriots, they have a rookie quarterback. They they're trying to rely on their defense, which they still have a respectable defense. But after that, it's I mean, you know, they're Damian Harris. They hang in okay. some games and you know, they're 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 a, they're a competition. There, there's no doubt about that. Like when we when we play the Patriots, we can't just go into the game and no. assume we're gonna win. Nope. I mean, we we got to come with it because they could sneak one on us if we're not if we're not careful. So, right. you know, but at the end of the day, I don't think they're gonna have more than six seven wins this year. It's just yeah, it's gonna be less than what I I believed they would win. I think. But. Yeah. Uh, the other game that I thought was gonna be a big game. Was going to be the Ravens and Chargers. You had yeah. four and one against four and one, and the Ravens ended up blowing them out thirty four to six. Man, yeah, I guess we got to start taking the Ravens a little more serious. You know, I mean, I guess so. They beat some good teams. So, well, is it? I mean, what what does it come down to? Because for me, the Chargers have a, a pretty solid offense. Yep, they obviously couldn't score on the Ravens, but the thing is, is the Chargers can't stop anybody from scoring. Man, right. They gave up 34 points to Baltimore, but Cleveland 42, um, Vegas 14. But you know, it's just what I'm saying is they their defense seems kind of suspect a little bit, right? You know, right. So it's just, it's tough to say. I mean, you can go back and be like, all right, you know, the Chargers are a team that is legitimate, but like, how legitimate are they? Like, yeah, you know. So it's just tough to say at this point. I mean, even like you're you're saying, Jeff, like Baltimore, um, should we? like be like serious about them at this point, you know? Right. Uh, well, it has to be, it has to be considered, I, I guess is the only thing. Right. You know, be aware that right now in the AFC, that probably is your competition. I don't know what the schedules look like for the Chargers or Ravens or anything going forward, but all things being equal, they seem to be pretty strong in the AFC right now. They do. They do. So, they, and if you if you go to the schedule, like for instance, I know we're on the bye week, um, but the Ravens have Cincinnati this week at home. So yeah, that could be a good game. I like Cincinnati, I, I but that, I'm not sure if they're going to uh, be able to compete with them. But oh, well, Jamar, Jamar Chase has been uh, as advertised. He's for the a real most deal, part, and man. Joe Mixon is healthy. He's, yeah, he's looking good again. So I mean, I think Baltimore and and Cincy would be a good game. I think Cincy can can give them a run for their money. I don't. I hope I'm not so. necessarily saying that Baltimore is going to easily win that game because, I mean, since he's decent, you know. Right. They got a decent defense. Uh, you know, when they're on, they're on with their passing game. Yep. So Yeah, Joe Burrow can go off anytime. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what else are you seeing for this coming week? I mean, the Bills are on by, obviously, but other games that you're interested in this week? I mean, uh, what's the AFC East look like? Um, I know – like coming into this week, uh, as far as week seven, the the Miami Dolphins are playing the uh, who do they got? Oh, the Falcons at home. Right? Falcons, yep. Right. So and then the Jets and Pats mean, play. Jets and Pats play, which in New England, I there's believe. not a lot of cloud to that. Unfortunately, right. I mean, you know, our division. It is kind of funny that that's not even like uh, a major concern for us right now. Right? No, no. I mean, our division really isn't a concern at this point at all. I mean. Unless we end up losing a division game somehow, which yeah. I can't see happening, but I, I just don't think there's any any clout in in our division games right now. It just doesn't. The Pats and Jets, like how? It's, yeah, that game doesn't no. matter. 
In the yeah. AFC, what do you think of the Chiefs-Titans match? Chiefs-Titans match is going to be a good one. I, uh, obviously, the Titans are tied with us as far as record goes. So right. you... I mean, who 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 <laughs> is do you it root weird for in to that pull game? for the Chiefs? <laughs> I never kind thought of. I would see that in Week Seven of the NFL season this year. You kind of that want we to would want to kind of pull for the Chiefs to be to beat the Titans, but I kind of do. I kind of at this point, I'd rather yeah. see them both at four and three. I think there were times yeah. last year when we thought the Titans could be a real contender. I mean, it just depends on how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they made the playoffs like two out of the last four years or whatever. They, you know, haven't been able to do a ton with, uh, with it, but. But, yeah, I, I want to not like the team, especially after a loss like that. But, you know, they're they're still a decent football club, I guess. So we'll see. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. When the, when you lose to the Jets, it just seems like, you know, in um, no disrespect to the Jets, they're just not a very good team right now. So it's just weird to think that you can be competitive and, and still suffer a loss to uh, the New York Jets. So God forbid we do that. Yeah, Tennessee, um, Tennessee uh, just weird. They were missing Julio Jones. They were missing AJ Brown. So, yep. You know that would be. I mean, just imagine if they were missing against the Bills. That would have been a huge factor. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So, yep. so I, but I get it. I like that was one thing when Tennessee lost to the Jets. I'm like, oh god, we're the way we're playing, and if they're losing right. to the Jets, we should be rolling these guys. But hey, man, that's the NFL. You know? Yeah, the NFL. You you learn real quick that there's no correlation when it comes to teams and and common opponents that. Everybody plays everybody differently, and and maybe the Jets are just better at stopping Derrick Henry than the Bills right now. I mean, that can happen, you know? You well, can have really good players on a defensive line and still have a team that's not very good. It, it happens, but. I think we would have been able to stop Derrick Henry with pretty much no problem if they had no A.J. Brown, no Julio. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, probably would have helped for sure. I mean, there's who else would they key on, you know? Like, right. You're not going to be. A.J. Brown was the one that was killing us on play action, so our guys were biting up on play action bad. Yep. And uh, if they didn't have A.J. Brown, I, I, the play action would have been non-existent, really. Right. So, yep. but, yeah, I mean, going off the bye week and coming on, we have Miami at home. Yeah. Any thoughts? Because we're, we're actually going to be taking a break during the bye week. Uh, we're not going to be doing a podcast, so I might as well right. just mention Miami real quick. Uh, any any, well, cons- any concern against Miami yeah. at home for you, Jeff? Uh, no. <laughs> no. But I have a prediction. You do. We're not going to get a shot out again. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, I heard, so, I think it was during the broadcast, they were talking about the Buffalo Bills have two shutouts this year. The NFL has one other than the Bills, too. Yeah. The remainder of the NFL, there's been one shutout, and the Bills have two. So the three shutouts in the NFL, we have two of them. So, um, yeah, I, I would bet we're not going to shut them out. We but. might be pissed off just that bad where we go at home against Miami and maybe just squish the fish. Maybe we don't shut them out, but maybe it's like a like a 41 to three game or something. Right. Yeah, I do anticipate uh, a big win. I do anticipate yeah. them score outscoring them pretty dramatically. But yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? I'm, do we want to make predictions? Dun-dun-dun. I mean, for, we for really me, blew it last week. For me, I don't think Miami is going to score over 10 points on us at home. It's coming off of that type of game where the Bills are going to be pissed and they're going to want to take it out on somebody, and it just so happens to be a divisional opponent in Miami. So I'm going to go with the ultimate score of 42 to 10. 42 to 10. That's what I'm going with. 
I will say 3817. 3817. So we got Jake's going to win by 32. Jason's thinking by three scores, 21. And I can't, I can't argue with any of that. It all makes really good sense to me. I, um, I'm, I'm gonna go. I think very similarly, and I'm thinking forty-two uh, ten. Well, I'm trying to do the math in my head because I don't, I don't want the Bills kicking five field goals. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. But I mean, I, I think it's gonna be more like a thirty-eight thirteen kind of a deal. All right, that'd have been funny if just like. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking I mean, more of like a 42-10 game. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to yeah. copy anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to copy, but so you got 38. No, I like. For you, I mean, 30. honestly, I, I was thinking over 40 points, but then when you did 42, I'm like, ah, no. you should have went just above and beyond, like and 43, like 53, or something. <laughs> yeah, 56 to what was that score? 56, oh, yeah. 20 something, 26. The last something. game last year. Yeah. yeah. We put up 56. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, a- I'm not saying that couldn't happen by any means. I mean, because I could see here's one of the issues that, that teams may have if the Bills get up big is the quarterback that comes in is not Matt Barkley, it's Mitch Trubisky. True. And, and we have some depth. So you're talking about Gabe Davis and probably Tommy Sweeney and some pretty good players, Isaiah McKenzie, guys like that. That are gonna they're gonna catch the ball, man. I, I, our second team could put up three touchdowns on these guys, so yeah, it could happen. That's very true. It could happen. So, by the way, yeah. Hopefully, Dawson Knox's his hand is uh, is not yeah, as bad good. as what yeah. was what we anticipated. It so did we get any um, any reconciliation on the guy that got carried away on the stretcher? How he was doing? I know oh, they said oh, he was Taylor, moving everything. Taylor okay. one, yeah. I didn't, um, I didn't hear anything as far no, as I guess he's happened, uh, they're putting him in concussion protocol, but uh, MRIs came back negative, I believe. Oh, good. So there's no serious neck damage or anything like that, I think. But he okay. is going to be in concussion protocol for a while. I'm sure, so. yeah. that was. But again, you know, I heard on the radio they were kind of saying that, dude, you go into a pile head first like that, you know. And not just head first. His head was crooked. Right. Which means that you're transferring that force rather than down the spine where it has support off to the side. Yeah, that's ugh. well, and yeah, somebody suggested that it's kind of like hitting a guy in the back or side with your crown of your helmet is looking to almost injure somebody. And he's from what I understand, he's not that kind of a player. So I don't think he would do that intentionally. But, yeah, you could you could kidney punch somebody with the crown of your helmet, something like that, and, and possibly hurt somebody. But well, he hit pretty high up on the shoulder, didn't he? On somebody? Uh, it was in, it was, I don't remember which player it was, but it was kind of in the back and lower okay. lower back area. Yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And maybe when you put your crown down, you don't, or put your head down like that, you, you don't, don't see, see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. you don't see exactly what's going to happen. So. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe he would do that from what I understand. He's just a, just a stand up guy, you know, everybody loves him. So. Unlike the asshole who comes and slams Josh Allen in the face. Yeah. With his helmet right into his face mask. Yeah, gotta love that dirty. I hate that shit, man. I do too. Jesus, like, I do on, too. Just, and according okay. to Dave Junior, he was saying that the whistle was blowing all over the place. Yeah, it was, but nobody could hear it because there was such commotion or whatever. But yep. yeah, they had him stood up and stopped. There was no reason for that. That was just bullshit. Yeah, yeah, not not a cool, not a cool thing. Right. But uh, anything else, fellas? I'm pretty good. I think pretty I'm good? good. Yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Well, yeah, we got the bye week coming up next week. So rest time for the Bills. Uh, rest time for us. We're, we're going to skip a week of doing our podcast, and we'll be back the following week to talk about the upcoming Miami game. 
and our, our thoughts on moving forward with the rest of the schedule. So, um, yeah, Bills Mafia, I know everybody's upset on that, that loss, but, hey, we got a lot of football left. And coming off this bye week, hopefully we strain them, strain them up together and we, uh, we, we come out and just fire, beat Miami down. You know, that's yep. what I'm looking for. Yep. So. I agree. Long season, man. There's a lot going on. And I think the Bills are going to be fine. I really do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody does. Yep. Jay, tell them how they can listen to the podcast. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ETD Buffalo. Find us on anchor.fm forward slash ending the drought or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. And where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Bills.